listening to the Spirit Hunters. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our now public and free Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. And welcome to Season 3, Episode 46 of the Spirit Hunters. This is Joe, Patrick, Hannah, Sarah, and Megan. Last time, we discussed how the Zoldic butlers keep tabs on Kula and Alika so they don't break any rules while Laorio Nen punches Jing, deserved, inspiring irate voters to cast their ballots. Speaking of which, welcome to 2024, you live in hell. You better get ready. What? Wait, what was Joel? It's was an that election part? year. Oh, oh, yeah. it actually is an election year. Oh, I, honestly, I I... yep. Due to recent events, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have the best year of my life. And then I saw that it was 2024, and I was like, okay, maybe I personally will have the best year of my life, but not in the world overall. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be an awkward year. Okay, bye. <laughs> Episode 141, Magician and Butler. And since Megan's here, would you be able to pronounce the Japanese? Because oh, I'm just going to butcher it, let's be actually... honest here. No, you, you should be fine, because I also butcher it all the time. Um, but you, you have more, I feel you have more confidence than okay. I do. Okay, okay. Uh, teji, is it te, oh, te, oh, Teji Nashi? Te, teji Nashi, oh, yeah. yeah. Te, tejin? Is it Tejin? Oh, I see. Teji Nashi. Okay. Tejinashi to Shitsuji. See, go. I would have said Shitsuji, so I'm glad you okay, pronounced it, not yeah. me. There you go. I'm I'm bad at that. Anyways, uh, uh wait, mm-hmm. real quick. Honestly, these ones are interesting because like usually the the name the, the words individually in the Japanese title like are like kind of rhyme or have a similar component. I wonder if the kanji for these is shared, but one's like the onyomi and one's the kunyomi or something. We don't need to discuss that further, but I'm just kind of wondering because this doesn't work as well as many of the others. There's a lot of variations of that smiley face in that, uh, and that that's the, Japanese that's the kanji. She, that's the she sound. <laughs> or the, so when it looks like a, just a smiley face and no, um, it's a katakana for she. And then if it's a smiley face, if it's more tilted, it's, I think, su or su. Mm. And then if it's has a little, um, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me, but the little air quote, or not air quote, the written quote. I, there's a word for ten ten. No, mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're called. Um, it's it looks like two lines. So it's, it looks like yeah, the two little line. lines in the in the corners, right in the corner of the character, that dictates a different sound. So it goes from she to g. If there's like a little circle, it's like po. So like it actually, it's like the sound your mouth, the shape your mouth makes, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a very subtle difference. I imagine uh, no wonder it takes years for anyone in Japan who's learning Japanese to master writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tried to learn at one point, but I was like, "There's, I need to get back into that. I'd love to learn Japanese, but... There's actually a really cool... Um, when keyboards were first coming out, I think either in Japanese or Chinese, like mm-hmm. it, when it was ca- the character base, instead of like... Um, like hiragana or katakana like i think it's chinese chinese keyboards because every they don't have an alphabet system it's a character system right joe and everybody else 
um, those old fashioned keyboards were insane or like even the print stuff. There's just so many different layers of combinations. Oh, yeah. I would of... encourage everyone who's hearing this to look them up because yeah. they are crazy. It's this this like machine that like was like a bunch of arms that you had to move around. It's a nightmare. Yeah. For like one sentence. Like it's really cool though. Like how do they do actually do you just how do they by do sound? Entry now? Yeah, yeah. So now now you would just put in the pinion, which is like the Latin characters that uh with a tone can be matched relatively easy and then you're given a menu that basically shows like hey here's the hans that match that pinion combination and then choose one. Oh wow okay very cool man good thing i can't i don't have to type in japanese that sounds like it'd be a massive pain oh japanese is easier you just use the um the sound and oh, the that's because cool. there's the, the japanese the japanese have the alphabet so like kaki kuke ko and oh, you can all right Oh, right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so the episode "Magician Butler" was originally released in Japan on August sixth, two thousand fourteen. Uh, I'm trying to see if that was a good year or not. I I think it was okay. Uh, the equivalent manga, cha- manga chapters are three twenty five, three twenty six, and three twenty seven. Or just three twenty five through three twenty seven. It was kind of weirdly formatted, but uh, which were released in Japan on November twenty first, twenty eleven. Um, uh, I don't know. Twenty eleven was okay here. 2011. Nothing remarkable happened. Oh, I got in my job at five, guys. There you go. That was the year I graduated <laughs> uh, college. Nice. Congrats. Oh, I was I was in high school still, to be honest. Yeah, that's, I think when I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah you guys are uh, a year older than me, right? Um, that or two. Like at least two years older. Okay. If you're turning 30 this year. Yeah. We're turning yeah. 32. So I think we're two oh. years older. Same. Right. We were we were held back. So wasn't I literally just at your birthday party too? You think I? Yeah, <laughs> we're lumped in. We like to lump ourselves with the ninety three babies often because the majority of our friends are ninety threes. Okay, that makes sense. Tommy's ninety one. Uh, nice. Breaking news, baby. Breaking news. Neither of the kanji for either of those words is shared. So oh. there's maybe a joke here that's like a literary reference that I don't understand, but like there's nothing obvious. Yeah, I also would not be able to tell you guys. It's all good. It's all good. It's 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 fun discussing it though, and trying to maybe one of our fans will let us know and be like, "Hey, there's the joke," and I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, write in if you know, like legitimately, but just like, good luck. <laughs> awesome. Megan, cool. can you tell us more about the episode? Absolutely. Yeah, what happens? Yeah, what happens? So, um, this is kind of the start. Well, not the start. I think maybe a couple episodes was the start where it gets kind of like in the weeds. Um, but the hunter rankings come out. They list so many characters <laughs> that I don't think I've ever seen before. Some familiar faces, right? We get we get Bisky in the rankings. Leorio's number three for some reason. Um, honestly, only because he punched Jing in the face, which I think is really funny. <laughs> Maybe we should um, have another vice pre- the presidential candidate punch somebody and we can get them on the ballot speaking of elections. Yeah, kind of hey, like hey, in the US, one of our vice presidents fucking shot another dude. So I don't two of them actually. Wait, what? What do you mean? What, what do you Dick mean? Cheney like, shot currently? a guy oh, Dick and Cheney fucking Aaron Burr fucking shot Aaron Alexander Burr, Hamilton. Sir. So. Alexander Hamilton. So we don't need anyone to punch anyone, man. We we have two fucking we have two fucking shootings. Wait, Burr went on to be vice president? No, Burr was, Burr was vice president. When he was shot, when he shot, wait, under who? 
I frick, like I think it might have been Jefferson, and I think he might have entered the office because at the time you could be in a different party, and so he was like, "Okay, I guess we're gonna work together." And Jefferson told him, "Like, no, fuck off, actually." Oh, okay, you okay. Kind of killed that, the dude. That's the plot of Hamilton. Just yeah, it's a big part of the plot of Hamilton <laughs> and history. Oh, history. Yeah. Most Wait, importantly, that's based on Hamilton. Real Shit. Fuck off. It's a lot more people of color in, in uh Well, yeah, there's that. But I, I was going to say, so speaking of the weird people who show up in the uh, Hunter ratings, yep. there is some, there's a couple of characters who become pretty big, but I'm not going to spoil them because they mm. are very relevant to the plot. But Lene or Derves, uh, she is actually referenced later in the manga in a place you would never guess. Like, Wait, it's the not old lady who's like basically dying they say yeah like the there's, like, there's like a flashback to a much earlier point in the hunter in the like in um like the hunter association to like decades earlier and like a young Lene hors d'oeuvres is in like a flashback which is kind of funny fun okay a young is in like is she like 60 in that i think she's like 20 in it like so it's a long time oh. ago she's supposed to be a gourmet hunter they introduced her as the oldest hunter in existence yeah, I think Currently. she's in her, like, 90s. And, like, keep in mind, Netero was probably, like, 150 or something. Wait, he was? Yeah, like, they, they mentioned that, like... Uh, remember, because they talk about... Um, they talk about uh, Zeno and how Zeno says that he remembers looking up uh, at Netero from his, like, cradle. Like, he was like, and oh. Netero was an old man when I saw him. Oh, got it. And So yeah. Netero has to be, like, at least 150. Jesus, well, like they're going fun. with the whole like, hey, if you're really good with chi and stuff, you can like you stay can live young forever, for a long pretty time. Much. Yeah. Okay, got you, got you. So what you're um, saying is, I need to go start punching at a mountain. Yep, that's exactly this, what you need to be doing. You probably need to be meditating, sleeping better, journaling, uh, really just doing wellness practices. I think is actually drinking what you need water. To be doing. Yeah, you need to can drink I just, water. Can I just smoke a? Can I just smoke a Winston's and just like drink like a uh, henny? That's my diet, and I don't think you want to do that. Just putting that. My liver's going. It's going, guys. It's bad. It's bad. But yeah, continue, yeah. Megan. Okay, cool. Um, so everyone hates Gon's dad, so Lior is in third place for punching him. Killa breaks down um, his complex family tree. So I wanted to do what everything meant, but I did not end up doing it. Um, but it was interesting how they- the manga. Oh, yeah, perfect. Great. The whole thing. So we'll we'll kind of skip over that then. But but basically, he's kind of breaking down who likes who, who was in line with who. Um, not very many hearts in this family tree. OK, there was three hearts and it was like everyone like like some of the people who are loyal to the mom and then um, Aluka and Kilawa who are loyal to each other. And like the butlers are included in this family tree, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, I think there's, there's I have alliances employee. Yeah, just like, yeah, employee. Um so, you know, that's kind of that's kind of how that goes. Um, Kilo wants to save Gon and set uh, Aluka free, but Alumi wants to kill Aluka, so we find that out. And then Alumi calls confronting him about the needle. Um, Tommy points out, I don't know if you guys pointed this out, the, pl the plot hole of how did Kilo get past the sensor, the MRI or whatever, to, to go to the NGL. Okay, I think that's fair, but like, I, I really wouldn't put it past the show. It's like, it's a special ceramic needle yeah. that's also electroconductive. We, yeah. we fucking fuck you. It's covered in Nen. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's a needle. Because <laughs> one of those definitely, like, they did not think about that when we had all this detail about no technology is going to be let into the thing. Like, um, I mean, the needle, yeah, the, the need, like I said, the needle's probably some weird Nen bullshit. Yeah, it's made of Nen, so it doesn't count. 
Oh yeah, um, honestly, it might be. Well, I was gonna say it might be conjured, but I I doubt that's true, given that he's a manipulator. So never mind. Mm, okay. Oh, he's a manipulator, so, all right. You know, that's good. Good one. Double good. entendre there. Um, perfect. But then he and um, what's it called? Ilumi sets his intent to kill Kilua. Um, but like says a vi- or he can't kill Kilua. He says like a really cryptic kind of really shitty of him as a as a brother, but like. She says basically like, well, I can't kill you because you're family, but like people who aren't family are off limits. And it's like pretty easily implied that he's talking about Aluka doesn't he he doesn't consider Aluka as family. But I think it's funny because they also go back and do like little um, they go back to Kilo's dad saying like, you know, really hammering that point home of Aluka isn't part of this family, so they don't count. Um, and I thought that was kind of that was kind of a sly a sly way to to announce that you're going to kill your brother or your yeah your sibling. The, tr- the, the trans yeah. undertones here are very not subtle. I think there's that, but also just wait till you get to the manga. <laughs> I, I definitely Fair. think there's some stuff about the non-acceptance of trans people, but I think there's some other stuff too. Yeah, this is more, more to do with like the plot of what the background of Aluka is. Yeah. Funny story. Oh, like, Lina or Gervs is there too. With like Nenica? <laughs> Uh, yeah, with the, Nanika, yeah. Nanika. It is interesting, I guess, like, the dynamic, because I guess it kind of feeds into with complex siblings, and there's always going to be the golden child, and now there's the scapegoat child. And I don't know who necessarily who's the golden child within the Zoldix, but Aluka's it's very Kilua. much the scapegoat. It's Kilua? Oh, my Kilua God. Kilua is 100% <laughs> the golden child. The golden child and scapegoat are the only two that carry around each other. It's this is very interesting. I'm sure a lot of Reddit <laughs> psychologists or family enthusiasts would be eating this up. Family trauma podcast as well. I think Kill is the only one that has a good relationship with like everybody in the family, pretty much. What do you what what he does what he does not? Well, at least at least a workable relationship. Like there's a lot in the family that don't even. Illumi? No, Killua. No, I I know, but I'm just saying his relationship with Illumi is worse than say Milwaukee's relationship with Illumi. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. Because it's like the golden child, the scapegoat child, the parentified child, and then the middle Illumi. children. Oh, Illumi is Illumi's definitely the, the parentified, parentified child. child. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah. percent. I'm I'm just I'm just trying trying to guess on the. Just on the whole thing, because there's pretty much arrows pointing to Killua for everybody besides probably his sister, probably, I think. I Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly because Kilo was one of our main characters, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, there's definitely a bias. I mean, like, it's just like he seems like he has a workable relationship with everybody, while there's some family members that are, like, cut off from other people and not, like, associating with, at least Killua associates with all of them in some form or another, whether it be bad or good or like there's some workable it's hard to describe it's like there's some workable relationship in there where they can be used or use one another or interact with another another for some purpose or whatever i guess there's like realistically two factor factions right it's like mom side dad side Mm -hmm. um yeah that's kind of how it kind of ends up going in a way but like mom their mom's side has a very like strict structure there where their dad side feels the dad side feels i don't know like it's less loyalist like blind obedience and more just blind obedience in the sense that like you were trained to be an assassin as like a child 
It's just dudes yeah. being dudes. I, I was going to say, so I, I think it's interesting because Kilo is definitely part of a larger trope of like the idea of like, you know, the pro, like the prodigy heir of like a like mm -hmm. highly like elite family. Um, meanwhile, his older brother is like still like an incredibly talented assassin, but is not the designated heir and like is seemingly yeah. okay with that, you know? Yeah. Um, and you see other instances of this in like My Hero with like uh, with Todoroki and like, you know, his his older yeah. siblings and stuff like that. Like the one who like made it through the training and is like the designated heir. Yeah. He's also the only one with white hair. Yes. Which is, you know, shared with Silva and Zeno. Yeah. And yeah. so like kind of mm -hmm. indicative there. And um, yeah, so this is like a trope in like old martial arts stuff as well. So it's kind of cool seeing it here and just kind of a continuation of like a longer like historic, like a uh, longer literature trend. Nice. So Alumi, though, Alumi, then as he hangs up the phone with Kilua because they're driving, he causes a multi-car collision. Um, and the way they escape it to me is so funny because like it goes from like, OK, realistic ish car crash, right? Because they have needles in their heads, the people driving on the road um, to like them just straight up driving 90 degrees up a canyon. <laughs> and the, I was like, did they infuse the car with Nen? Like, is it just not a steep? Like, it's just a regular car, right? Like, how is it driving? <laughs> well, actually, what they don't know is that all cars in the Hunter universe have four wheel drive built in natively. Yeah, four-wheel drive Magno wheels. Like, I don't... <laughs> when I Heavy saw duty. the Zoldix car do this, I was like, okay, yeah. But then when the others were like, I yeah. was like, wait, Like no. the regular sedans? I was like, yeah, maybe it's because it's an assassin car, I guess. But yeah, then the regular random cars kept driving up it too. <laughs> well, even the truck drove up it, I think, at one point. Yeah, it did, I think. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> Damn, all cars have like a minimum of a thousand horsepower in their fucking engine bay. No. Um, and then... I think this is Patrick saying people with Apple Pro, Apple Vision Pro driving be like, um, you know. Yeah, because Joe, Joe sent it to me before the sent me like the the dudes driving before the like before like the dudes driving with Apple Pro on driving the Tesla, and it's like, oh yeah, we had that before. It's called public transportation in a phone. Can you and guys? Like, oh hmm? yeah, I guess it's true. Can you guys tell me, is 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 Apple Vision Pro just Google Glass? It's like Google Glass, except for people that are con that are those type of people with Apple products. To be fair, it's also significantly more powerful than Google Glass was. Okay. Um, it's like just, just Google be... Glass and like a VR headset almost. Yeah, and for, for some more context, my opinions do not reflect those of my employer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's much more powerful than Google Glass was. Okay, that makes sense. So, but like, what's, what is it? Apple Vision? I mean, it's a VR AR headset um, yeah. that like, honestly, I think my opinion is that it's basically there to test the waters for like a more broadly adoptable thing. But it mm -hmm. is like, you know, an incredibly powerful device for games and for other experiences. And we'll kind of see where it goes. But who knows? But that's a subject for another time. Like I said it's really cool, but I wouldn't want to wear that in public at all, period. I mean, like, would I ever wear my Oculus in public? Like, no, that's weird. Like, unless yeah. I'm like a game in, like, a quarter of a room. Like, Until something is many times more powerful than that thing and the size of glasses, I'm not interested. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you could wear it while snowboarding. It's the only time it would, like, probably blend in. It's not going to yeah. protect you from anything. 
Yeah, I feel like if I was snowboarding, I want clear yeah, clear vision yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. You don't want to watch uh you don't want to watch like a hunter hunter going down a mountain. Yeah. You want to like hang out and chill. Okay, legitimately, I think it could be really cool at archaeological sites for tourists. Like it's just like, oh. hey, you're at like the site of the the temple. It's just like see what it was like during the time of like Jesus or something like that. And oh. it would just like project in like the AR stuff. That'd be sick as hell. But other than that, I don't really like want to wear this. Like a learning tool museum. Ever. Yo, like straight yeah. up, like when I went to the Louvre back in the day and had 3DSs that were like sensitive to where in the Louvre you were and could tell you about the paintings, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then I'm now I'm just imagining like, what if you had that and VR? It'd be crazy. I really want to get that the cartridge for that. They do have, um, I think they have that in like museums where it's like the same thing, same principle, but just a headset, just like. Oh yeah, Joe. this this was 2014, so it was. Joe, imagine imagine visiting the World Trade Center with that on. Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, but like back <laughs> to something that was uh, we kind of skipped over. Um, so there was one thing that happened while they were in the car that I thought was interesting. Uh, in a demonstration that it turns out Goto is kind of on Kilo's side, he out out like out loud says like, "Oh yeah, uh, Illumi's on the phone to see how Amane re reacts." And Kula remarks on it just like, oh, he did that to see how Amane reacted instead mm. of like, you know, just passing me the phone, like, you know, smart move. And it looks like Goto's on our side, actually. Okay, like it's a tell, but also like not a super obvious tell. Yeah, because like, you know, it's conceivable he would say this, but it was clearly to see how Amane would react. And then her like blood pressure spiked. Oh, I mean, I, I figured Kula, I figured they give us enough of a hint in the, in the last episode with, uh, with Goto, you know, giving him time to get off the ground. Off the yeah, ground, for sure. Or like, mm -hmm. even being able to transmit the information. Mm -hmm. Another thing I would note is that this setup for this scene is very similar to the sniper scene in Chapter Black. Um, I don't think that's on purpose. I just think it's like, hey, the same guy is writing things that take place on highways, and many highways in Japan are structured the same way. But just like mm -hmm. because of the structural similarities, similar things happen. Okay. Yeah, no, you could say you could say it's like initial D as well, but it's like the same. Just because, like, there's just so many mountain road on in Japan, so... Yeah, I'm just talking about, like, hey, a, uh, you know, like, large truck controlled by someone's powers runs someone off the road who then, like, takes a shortcut through the forest. It happens in a lot of things. I was saying to say, I think it happens in My Hero, a form of so, that. Yeah, Japanese, Japanese roads, Japanese highways, because of just, like, how mountainous the country is and the way they decided to build their highway system, this, I feel this is a common trope. Which is why I'm not saying it's a Yuhak show reference. I think it's just like this is just how chase scenes happen in Japanese media. Because I think Jujutsu has the same sort of scene as well, where they find a highway. The same. Oh, doesn't fucking Lupin in like a really old movie have the same scene too? Yeah, uh, Castle Cagliostro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's in Cagliostro. Yeah. So just straight up, this is just a product of the Japanese roadway system. You know, just the same way how we have like traffic in a lot of movies. <laughs> traffic <laughs> plays. Traffic yeah. is a MacGuffin, or what is it? A plot line. <laughs> Just so shooting, in, shooting, <laughs> shootings on the freeway. Yeah, just it's like truly, oh, is this Phoenix in 2019? Yeah, like they're on a chase and like then traffic hits and like well shit, and then they gotta take a detour, and then the construction they have to like jump off construction or they have to deal with like a broken you know like a in in process of building freeway ramp. I wonder, I wonder oh. if they say that when they're like they're watching the Matrix with the highway fight. It's like whoa, I wonder if this is a reference to this old movie. That uh, that had a highway fight scene that looks oh, like just to our like LA traffic and LA. Dude, I could talk about that scene for the rest of forever, but we need to get back to okay. Illumi and Hisoka. Yeah, Illumi and yeah. Hisoka. 
surprise, it's Hisoka, um, discuss, discuss their plans, like, on top of a little mountain. Um, Hisoka's in charge of murdering the butlers. Um, and then Hisoka asks, hey, like, can I kill Killua? Like, would you be cool? And uh, Illumi's not cool. Illumi's not chill about that. He literally looks like he's gonna murder him. Um, and obviously Hisoka's doing it just to get a rise, but, like, Hisoka's also like, maybe I could, I guess. Like, mm, I don't know. Um, but Illumi's oozing such bloodlust that uh, Killua finds him from, like, a mile away. When you think about, like, where he is in the forest and where the where Illumi is, like, standing with Hisoka, like, that's probably, like, a, a solid mile away. Um, yeah. I mean, the crows and, get it away, too. I mean... Yeah, but... Yeah, that's true. I mean, the fact that... I love the anime trope of bloodlust and being able to sense that. Um, it just makes me giggle, because it's like, I can tell you're mad, but I can tell you're mad from a wall. <laughs> Like behind right. a wall. Like the vibes are off, but the I don't know how. Why exactly? It's, it's those major willies. Yeah, it's the major willies. Honestly, I'm gonna look this up just because, like, this is just such a thing in so many martial arts anime and like martial arts stories in Japanese specifically culture rather than like Chinese. That mm -hmm. I'm wondering if this is just a cultural thing with a specific source rather than something general or folk. But I'll look that up while okay. you guys are talking. Okay. Cool. Um. Then we get, like, so once, you know, Hisoka's kind of fucking with the Lumi, we get actually kind of a cool, like, imaging metaphor, I couldn't remember what the word is, about Hisoka's quote-unquote toys, and, like, the imaging is, like, a little toy box with, like, the cutest little plushy versions of all of, like, our main characters that we know Hisoka's obsessed with, and, like, it was a cool, fun, like, let's find them. Um, I do have a question about one person, but, like, pretty much all of the examiners, Jing, Bisky, um, all of the phantom troop that we can see like the zoldix uh, a man with an afro i don't know who the biggest one is like they look like um uh, he's what one is of that? the zodiac oh one of the zodiac okay I think he's um i think he's the oh, i forget what animal he is but he's he's one of the he's one, one of the zodiac. okay um our four main best boys of course uh more animals and then it looked like genkai i i'm assuming it's wait, not genkai yo, but like wait i'm gonna go back and it might be the the one dude. Remember the bow and arrow that got killed with his wife. It is not him. There's no way it's, no, it's him. A no curly one gives a haired, shit about that man. A wavy haired pink woman, we think, with like a gi on, and I thought it was like young Genkai because it's like they're chibi versions, right? They're like right. plushy toy versions. It doesn't. Oh, I, I like, gotta pop. go back over this image yeah, because go, there's go no it. way. It's, there's no way that you it's don't vocal. think it's Genkai, but it's. And I was like, oh, who you else think I can care? Be like an Easter egg sort of situation. Maybe. Yeah, like how Pixar does that thing in Toy Story where they like put Totoro like in the corner. Didn't they have the four the four boys in the uh, in oh, yeah. Aluki Al Al uh, Maluki's uh, chamber thing? E e uh huh. Well, yes, but like everyone like posts those all the time. So if we found this and no one else had before, that'd be crazy. Just because everyone yeah. posts all the other references. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if that's really. I just. I was like, is that Genkai? Because I like paused it just to look at it. I was like, oh, who else is in here? Um, and like the Zodiacs, I didn't really recognize. Like, um, but yeah, it's everyone Hisoka's obsessed with. Uh, who else was kind of interesting? Yeah, kind of. You know, everyone you'd think is is in there. <laughs> yeah, let me go pull it up. I'm pulling up right now. Yeah, it's. Um, let me see. There's a lot more nudity than I thought there'd be in this. 
Uh, I'm looking at the manga version, and I don't see who you're referring to. But yeah, we'll wait for the. Hold on, let me let me pull it up on Netflix. Well, while you're doing that, you let me clarify something. I looked at the Bloodlust thing. It turns out there is the exact same character combination in Chinese. So I do think this is probably from Chinese martial arts or Chinese literature. Oh yeah, apparently the derivation is like a literary one, but it mean it originally meant cold, murderous mood, aura of murder. Um. And I'm I'm curious to know where this originates, but like, yeah, it was eventually calced into Japanese. No, I, I see it too. Uh, it looks like, I don't know. It's like some girl with pink hair and a. Did you post the screenshot to the chat? Yeah, I'm, that's what I was doing right now. I hell yeah, brother. Because yeah, you see the milk milk dude. You see Morel. You see. Uh, you see the the dudes, the people doing things. Oh, there's a Reddit post about it. Oh, oh, do you think it's Genkai? Mm -hmm. Machi? Oh, wait. But I thought Machi has a... Wait, do you mean curly hair or do you mean she has like hair She's and like... like sling? She has bangs and wavy hair. Yeah, wait, who the fuck is this? Oh, yes, you're right. It is it Machi. It was Machi. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought like it was... A really, that's like the least accurate compared to all the other ones. Yeah. So I guess Machi should have her hair up in a ponytail, right? Yeah, like her hair has looked like this, but it's not. No way. Mm. Common. Are we sure? Yeah, I think no, but like her hair straight. It, but Is it's it? the same outfit she's wearing. Yeah, honestly, if I saw this not in color, I would think it would be Silva. Yeah, that's what Wait, people say. Wait, no, Silva, that is fucking Silva. They that's like really? he's next to Zeno, and they just miscolored because I don't think they realized who it was. Okay, well, no. oh, this is a miscoloration. Yeah, it says this Reddit post like thinks wise, old tabby cat. Also, do you like how Hanzo is there, and it's really hard to tell who he is except for the yeah. red scarf? Yeah, Hanzo's there. Um, who else? I see the examiners. There's Wait, the bunny dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, why is Cortope uh, here? Because Cortope is not a strong fighter. Cortope just has cool powers. What's Cortope? Which one's Cortope again? Top right, he's the guy who can, like, copy objects, like, perfectly. Oh, I mean, he's one of the, the, the uh, Phantom Troop, so I think they just threw in all that. Can't the... wait for you guys to read the manga. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe he's not part of the Phantom Troop? No, that's um, not what I'm saying. I just uh -oh. mean, like, hey, Cortope's involved. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love the yeah. picture of Illumi, though. <laughs> Um, anyways. Okay, cool. So, um, great. We've solved that one. Uh, hold on, I have to go back to my, my notes. One second. Yeah, I can see how they make, they can make the mistake because, yeah, there's a lot of the Phantom Troop all randomly, like, intertwined. Like, they're not, like, together. But, yeah, yeah it is the examiners are together, which I thought was funny. Cause, like, they're so I can the see them mix up Machi and Silva, though. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, Machi's not in there, which is interesting because, like, you, we know Hisoka was, like, on her shit. Because I guess his, uh, Machi's not a crazy fighter either. Yeah, like, I think she's definitely, like, a utility player. Yeah, and, like, Hisoka's still pretty, like, into her, like, from a I-want-to-kill-you standpoint. Um, yeah, we all okay. know who his true boyfriend is. I think, I think he's, like, I actually into her in a sexual way and not into her in a fight sexual way. Oh, that's funny. So you think he, he actually's like, oh, well, she's kind of nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he asked her on a date instead of, like, a duel. Remember? And she turned oh. him down. She's like, nah, nah, I'm not into that. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, I don't like pedophile clowns. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you pretty chill. Um, anyway, after, you know, Hishoka's lamenting about 
do I kill? Do I not? You know, Lumi looks pissed. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, but they have a sweet sibling moment, um, Kiloa and Aluka. We then find out through like her own narration that Subane is on Kiloa's side. He's basically like they—they're like the other ones too much like their mom. Fuck him, fuck him. I don't want him. I don't want it. But like Kiloa, gotta we gotta kind of hang with. Um, then Hisoka finds the butlers, throws a deck of cards, go to defense with his coins, and instructs the others um, to go find Kiloa. Um, take a shot every time Hisoka mentions the properties of rubber and gum, but gum is also rubber, so like I I don't. <laughs> I know they mean it's just sticky. It's sticky rubber. It's sticky and stretchy. But like, you know, whatever. Um, but that's that's pretty much the episode. Uh, we leave on a kind of a cliffhanger. Goto and Hisoka are about to fight each other, and we'll see how that goes. Maybe in the next episode. I do really like the the coin machine gun. That's a really cool mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely like that. I think something that's interesting is uh, earlier in the episode, Ilumi says that, like, he has a spy and then uh, Goto, like, says there must be a betrayer. And I honestly forget who it is. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I, I also forgot who it is until the next episode. I was like, oh, I watched, I think, three episodes after. Or do they reveal it? No, they don't reveal it in the next episode, too. So you're just going to have to <laughs> wait. So you're saying see. somebody's being sus. Yeah, someone's being sus right now, but they don't know who it is. That is a through line of these, like, next two episodes. Lol. But yeah, Patrick, uh, jump in for manga notes. Alright, um, so the first major difference is that the, uh, while in the anime, the, you know, where they're showing off all the characters, like, their rankings and the leader board for the chairman, it looks like, it looks like it's filmed more like a commercial, like a, oh, here are the candidates, here's your candidates for the thing. Well, in the, uh, well, in the manga, it looks more like a like an eighties, nineties comic book panel with all like the characters like all laid out in that certain way, like a cool little comic panel layout. Yo, so like, you kind of see why they it did it. Their ranking huh. into like the image, like the one on Parison's tie and the two on Cheadle's book. Yeah, there's all there's little references in that way. So it's like kind of cool that they that they have it in two, they they reinterpret it in a different way in the in the anime compared to the manga. So. I kind of actually like the two differences. I like that they're both different for their own medium, which I I appreciate when they do that. Um, they actually list out the so the family chart in the anime is not translated at all. I don't know if it's I actually don't remember if the chart is actually in Japanese, like kanji, or if it's in the hunter language. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, what language that was in. But in the and the actually the manga it's translated, so it has the the whole chart of the relationships of the Zoldics. So. A lot of uh, little ones like 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 Kilowa to Alumi is is escape when it's uh, Kilowa to Alumi and Alumi to Kilowa is control. So there's this whole little little uh, little circuit diagram for all the relationships. It's kind of funny. Yo, look at the Silva Kula like arrows because they're two positive things but say different things going in opposite directions. Yeah. Because Kula to Silva says respect. While Silva Tequila says hopes. Yeah, it's all. I guess it's mostly just the the whole. Oh, you're my hopes and dreams. My putting all my hope in you, Kila. And I mean, I think at first we we thought Silva was going to be this whole this, this little nefarious kind of dude, but I think he actually really does respect Kila and hopes that he gets a relationship with his friend versus like uh, I think we speculated we hope that he's that he knows he's going to fail him, but you're going to fail his friends. 
but I think it's more complicated than that. It's just like, hey, if he had failed his friends, it would have made Kula more pliant. But like he sees that Kula was able to make it and is therefore, you know, he's willing to live by the promise they made. Because remember, Kula like pulled up their promise by like doing like making the blood pact uh, hand signal uh, when they saw each other again. Um, and then uh, additionally, uh, I think something that's interesting is Silva makes it very clear that he cares deeply about Kula, but also that he doesn't mind if Aluka dies. And so, but like, isn't going to kill her either. So he's like neutral, unlike Illumi, who's straight up in the, I'm going to kill Aluka camp. Yeah, I think, I think there's probably some siblings of, you know, a parent to child relationship there that maybe like keeps him, keeps her in his, or, or he keeps her in his, uh, good great, his, his like, oh, I want her to, want her to still live. Or I guess in 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 his view, him, uh, bad almost, or not, yeah, that from sort of thing. The few episodes that I watched, it's like not necessarily indifference, but there is a level of like detachment that he obviously doesn't really that he has cons has considering Aluka. From my perspective, it's very like objectively, Aluka it can be dangerous, mm -hmm. but. But the fact that they use manage in the translation means it's like dangerous but can be controlled. Um, so there's Agreed. not a, an emotional detachment. There's just like Aluka's a utility of sorts, and you don't want to like make that utility turn to uh, a threat. So he's like manage it to keep Aluka at a positive, like happy enough that. People don't start disappearing, <laughs> but he's not gonna be like, "Oh, let's go cuddle up and be a family," because I think he, most of the relationships in this tree are transactional or one or one sided. Speaking no, of, like, I, definitely, I definitely could see that. Yeah, speaking of transactional relationships, one thing that I think is interesting that I did not notice until this inspection: look at the arrow between Silva and Zeno, and the arrow be arrow between Silva and Illumi. They both say give and take, which is interesting because mm. I I guess that makes sense because, you know, Illumi has fucked up Silva's plans before, like during like jobs that they had for opposite sides and stuff. But like, I think basically Zeno and Silva and Silva and Illumi look at their like professional relationship very straight up just like professionally. I, I know that's a tautology, but like, I really think that actually describes it of just like, oh yeah, like when we're in the field, you know, anything goes and we just got to live with it and no hard feelings. So it's interesting that Silva and Kua have like a different thing. And I wonder if it's implied like, hey, this could just resolve into give and take in the same way or that like, hey, maybe Kua is really like breaking the chain, you know? Yeah, no, I could see that. My, my one thing is, like, I don't get the. It says, "Oh, oh, he's soft on him." Okay, I was like, I "Thought that said sort from the for Zeno to Kilua." I was like, "What the heck's?" Isn't he soft on him? Okay, I was like confused for a bit on that. Yeah, I wonder if that's just because, like, you know, grandparents are never as strict with the grandkids as they were with the kids. No, that makes sense. It's it's like, oh, hey, he's well. To be fair, though, I think. Uh, like you said, though, the relationship between Zeno and Silva is just different because they feel as they're like a, like they're working together while Zeno and Killa don't really work together in that aspect. Like they, 
Maybe they're so used to working with one another, it, it like transformed their relationship from parent and son to oh hey you're this you're my business partner sort of thing. Yeah, I also like how Maha Zoldik is on here, but it just no arrows and just says not involved. <laughs> Unbothered. <laughs> I mean, he's too old for that. He's just vibing at this point. What is he, like 100 and something? Um, fun <laughs> story. I know he's about the same age as Lena Ordorvs. Wow. You'll so, find out more in the manga. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, uh, either way, I just, want to, I just want to point out that if you guys really want to see what that chart means, uh, if you look up the manga, I believe it is... What is... I'm trying to figure out what chapter it's on. I think it's in 120... Oh yeah, it's in it's in chapter one twenty three. Sorry, three twenty six, and chapter three twenty six is the is that where that chart is. If you guys want to read it, I'm not gonna tell you we can find on find it, but if you Google it, you could probably find it pretty easily. Yeah, if you Yandex that, huh? If you Yandex it, Yandex it, Yandex, Yandex. What the f is that? It's a Russian. It's a Russian search site that does not respect DMCA. Oh yeah! Oh wow! I I have to look into that for unrelated reasons. Yeah, I don't know why I'm I brought in DMCA, but don't worry. Ah, uh, uh, isn't that the isn't that that band that sing my Adidas? Mm, no, it's uh, it's actually that song by you know French house band Justice. Oh, I was thinking I was thinking that one song by the Village People, DMCA. Nice. All right, move on. Okay. Um. So the in the manga, the phone call between Killua and Alumi kind of have like they're they're both from both perspectives. So it shows him uh, Alumi talking to Killua and vice versa. Well, in the anime, it's just really from Killua's perspective, and you hear Alumi's voice on the line. They don't really really cut to Alumi much or as much as the manga does at, at the least. So I think it's kind of kind of interesting. I mean, I guess it makes kind of sense because you can't really it makes it a little easier to tell who's talking to who. And then in the uh, the bloodlust in the manga, it doesn't show the crow circling him, and it kind of gives this weird eye thing. Where it's like he only has one eye in his head. Versus in the anime, it just has the crow circling him, and it's kind of covering his face. And the eyes kind of a lot harder to see. I think it's kind of a cool little cool little reference change for that. And then in the uh, the and then uh, of course the last panel is just uh, everyone doing a JoJo ass pose. Obviously, uh, got some references there from some. Uh, mangaka, I don't know which one, but, you know, little references here and there. They're all, all posing now. Am I wrong? They, 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 those look like Jojo-ass poses, right? Kind of, yeah. Also, I like how Canary's way taller here, which I honestly think is kind of supposed to be accurate, because she's supposed to be older than Gon and Kila. Yeah, maybe she just had a, 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 a height up. Like, you know, they have the, the glow-ups in the manga. It's like, just had a height up, just like got some inches on her. Maybe. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think of these uh, of this episode? Pretty good, pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, a lot of action. The cars going up the cliffs are kind of funny, and of course, the the more diving diving to the relationships between the Zoldics are always fun. They're always kind of mysterious, but I like how they're giving us nuggets throughout the different arcs and chapters. Did you like how during the fucking Needlemen car crash, some fucking I beam shot through a truck? Because like I was like, wow, a Final Destination situation, huh? <laughs> it looks like it looks more like a like an anime thing, like a JoJo thing, like shooting the beams, like missiles into a car, just like to shish kebab somebody. Well, yeah, except like everyone there has high enough react, like has fast enough reaction speed that they all just got through it. But I was like, man, any normal human would have been fucking just 
absolutely Final Destination here. Actually, that makes me wonder if if they brought anime characters into Final Destination, would it just be like a normal anime episode for them then? Where it's like all those crazy deaths and stuff, or all those crazy situations, or at least a JoJo know. episode where it's like you know where it's like they have like the weirdest deaths where it's like oh yeah I'm getting crushed to death by a a a, a rolled roller or I'm getting like a I'm getting like a, I'm getting like crushed in a shoebox or something or I'm getting like a disappeared or something like hit by a truck. Yeah, or it'd be the Oingo Boingo brother episode of JoJo. Yeah, just, just be a pull, weird just, comedy. Yeah, just eat a, eat an apple. That's a bomb. Yo, oh God, Megan, I forget. You've still mm-hmm. not seen JoJo, right? No. Oh, I God. saw I saw two episodes of the first of the Vampire Saga. Um. Uh. So New Moon and uh, New Moon, yeah, Twilight, New Moon. Actually, I haven't seen the last. Actually, this is true. I haven't seen the last two. Breaking is it Breaking Dawn? I don't fucking know. I read New Moon. I remember reading it and being like, "Wow, literature!" Uh, and then I didn't read a book for another like six years. Um, the, the last I, mean, I could see why I could see why I would stop you. Yeah, yeah you're just like, crazy. well, if they're all like this, well, this is how books are. I guess I guess they're not for me. Don't um, worry, the last I book. Still don't the read. last book is even dumber than the other ones. Mm. Um. But I was going to say, the reason I bring it up is, yeah, if we ever watch JoJo on this podcast, we definitely need to watch some of the episodes that, like, do not make it out into the image of JoJo, where everyone's like, oh, it's a super serious thing. But there's episodes that are just fucking Looney Tunes, and those are some of my favorite episodes, and we need to watch that shit. I'd I'd honestly, I'd be down. I think, I was just thinking about that, I'm like, I think the only thing that would get me to watch that show is if we did a, like, podcast on it, or did episodes of a podcast on it. Because, like, oh, I you, now have, I've weirdly no interest in watching that show. I know everyone, you guys talk about how much you guys love it. I think everybody here has seen it, right? Like, Sarah and Hannah. Yeah, yeah. You guys have seen fan. it, too. And you guys like it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just we show, about the, we show the, the, the food episode in part four. That's just a great episode. But but anyways, yeah, back back to thoughts on this one. Um, yeah, I like how they like start building up sort of the drama of not only the family, but also the butlers and how they play into it. Um, I also really like the election, the election bullshit, because especially in the manga, of course, you, of course you, you get. Yeah, yeah, this is a Joe ass, you know, section. Um, but I really like how it shows like the character of each of the different uh, of each of the different, uh, you know, hunters who are running and just kind of talks about, you know, like what they want and stuff. And like, you know, includes things like, please don't vote for me. Like when they show the virus yeah. hunter and her like card just says, do not vote for me. It reminds me of, um, uh, what's that? Uh, Brewster's Millions. Yeah. Oh man. Yes. It's funny because their election is like, there's not, it's not like necessarily campaigns. It's like, who's the most popular. It's like how like you do manga, um, like manga voting, like who oh, the most yeah. popular character is. It's the exact same thing, but like for an election, which feels weird that you have people who don't necessarily want to do this but it's part of the plot too like there's a lot of people who don't want to do this or technically in the running because they're they're popular yeah yeah i'm just i'm just thinking of like so in jojo there's a villain who like does not like standing out he tries to be the second best at everything he does and i'm now just wondering <laughs> if he ever won like you know character popularity polls and it's just like oh no <laughs> he's like do i want to be number two i want to be number two don't don't do this i like how the fans are like no we know what we want <laughs> for the for the for the giggles um i'm wondering do you guys feel like when authors not just tagashi but anything throw in like random so like we haven't really met most of these characters right um and like as this anime is coming to a close um 
at least this part of the anime is coming to a close and like the manga continues on um albeit slowly do you guys find it like richer like does it enrich the like world for them to like throw in like here's 20 hunters you've never heard about have fun (laughs) i mean they do the same with jujitsu kaisen but i think they handle handle their those characters a little bit easier to make them more digestible in the case of hunter remember it was still being you know Mm-hmm. on and off published and so because of that like the characters are introduced and like spoilers but many of these characters actually continue oh, on okay cool um so their stories aren't done uh okay. many of them at least like some of them like i haven't heard from in a while but like it's... some of them it's just like hey these are like people who actually become very relevant okay so kind of like um it's truly like a new setting of an art kind of like how the not the, yeah the hunter exam same thing like we, we got yeah. introduced to like 27 new characters at like one time right. and they're like all right We'll figure out where all these people play into things. Like, eventually. I love how relevant their fucking cohort has stayed. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, these people are actually like still like alumni buddies from this like traumatic event. It's like it's that one like um, it's that one class like the you know like that one high school class like the graduating class. For me, Bingo. it was the graduating class of like two thousand and eight. They were all six feet tall, either models or professional athletes. Like Wait, it was what? Wait, at your school? Is this what was up? Yeah. The, the my my senior class when I was a freshman, like even the teachers in later years admitted they were like, you know, not in a weird way, but like all of those that class was was weirdly like put together. And they were basically they're trying to say like that class was like weirdly attractive. Like what year like what how many people were in your each year at your school that like this was 100. like a tr- a hundred oh. kids oh that's why grade. yeah okay yeah, yeah. that makes way more so, like, sense a good majority of that senior class from my high school i remember and maybe this is just like rose-colored glasses coming back like because i haven't been in high school in so long but i do remember that senior class particularly was like they were all bigger and like like taller like they were all like we won state championships and stuff like that and they all went to like they went on on to be like some of them professional athletes i think Wow. And like call at least college athletes. Um, but I feel like that's the same vibe. It's just like that's the class everyone knows about, right? They're like, oh. Because like apparently everyone knows gone in the whole hunter association. I wasn't even thinking in that way, but I see what you mean. No. But I was thinking yeah. more just like, oh yeah, we stayed in touch with the homies, you know? Oh, okay, got you, got you. It's like the click. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I mean, to be fair, there's a little bit of what you're talking about as well, because like there is a disproportionate representation of folks from their class who show up in later stuff. And like some of that's obviously for the expediency of the story. Mm-hmm. But there there's other people like, you know, some of the fucking um, uh, what what's it called? The temporary hunters or the like unofficial hunters? Yeah, temporary like, you know, hunters. Yeah, like some of them show up too. So there's just a lot of like, hey, I don't want to. He's like, I want to expand the cast, but I don't want to expand the cast. <laughs> so there's like some reuse too. Anyways, I think I think that concludes our discussion of this episode. Uh, you know, bef- before we thank anyone else, let's thank our patrons who help make this show. <laughs> I'd like to thank Alexander, Lucas, Mia, Tim, Valtteri, Arthur, Mickey, Hanaro, Kenny. Hey Rem, let me tongue your po- let me tongue punch your fart box and let me tongue punch your font and now a word from our other compatriots and benefactors. You know, Tommy has been running the same ads forever, which thank you, Tommy, because uh, it's for podcasts run by friends of ours. So even though we're not getting money from this anymore, yeah, it's just uh, our friends. I was going to say, it's been great to shout out our friends. And with that, we'll see you on the other side.
everybody. My name's Tegan Somerset. I'm Rocky Hardy. And I'm Brian Cartwright. And we are Impossible Coin, a podcast about video games. Join us every other week as we discuss gaming news. Did you know he tried to smuggle $100,000 across the Canadian border? Genre differences. Sometimes it's your turn to press the button, and sometimes it's your turn to block. And deep lore. I've spent so long on this, Brian, you can't do this to me. We will sell you nothing and solve none of your problems, but we sure are fun. Impossible Coin. A podcast about video games. See you on Thursdays. Thursdays. <laughs> I'm Lawson Leon. I'm Benoja Mosen. We're the new co-host of the Ballin' Out Super Podcast. And the old co-host of the Talking Naruto Podcast. Well, I wouldn't say that we're old exactly, Benel. We've been doing it for five years. Old enough. Uh, where have our lives gone? Watching Naruto films. All of them. And recapping them in full. And as we head to the end of Naruto Shippuden, we're starting the beginning of Dragon Ball. That's right, Benel. Now you and I are the hosts of the Ballin' Out Super Podcast, where we're recapping the best part of Dragon Ball. Original Dragon Ball. From the beginning. With special guests. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Talking Naruto Shippuden. And now, Falling Out Super! Anyways, um, welcome back, everyone. Uh, now we're going to cover episode 142, Needle and Debt, Hari to Kari, uh, originally released in Japan on August 13th, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are 327 through 329, which were released in Japan on December 5th, 2011. Uh, in this episode, Gocho and Hisoka fight. Um, they're, you know, they kind of go back and forth. Uh, it's it's actually kind of a cool fight, honestly. If you remember last time, Goto like throws a bunch of coins to deflect the cards. Um, it turns out Hisoka has kind of collected those coins, um, with his bungee gum, and is kind of stashing them. Right, kind of Hisoka's like three steps ahead always when he fights. Um, you know he dodges by prepping. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. He, he puts a stretchy cord basically on his back, like a bungee, and then glues himself to the floor so that when Goto decides to like throw his coins at him, he can just literally release the sticky part on the floor. And then he like comes up into the trees. Right. Um, yeah, and then he that kickback gives... on those, the, the catching is probably intense. So he'd have to glue yeah. himself to the floor to be able to not fly backwards. Yeah, yeah, so he glues himself yeah. to the floor so he doesn't fly up until he's ready. But but not only that, but the reason that even though Goto saw that he was gluing himself to the floor, the reason it didn't give it away is because he needed to do that to not look suspicious, like, when he was able to stop, like, you know, the uh, coin shots. Like, basically, he could conceivably make Goto think that it was there specifically to stop the coins. Yeah. Like, so he's uh, just like, this is like a 400 IQ play. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of steps going on. Um, Nurble Goto is like, you know what? I can handle him. I can, I got it. You know, no context with Ahsoka at all. Um, and like Goto doesn't have that whole moment. I don't think like a lot of the other characters do when it comes to Ahsoka with like, oh, this guy has like these overwhelming force. Like, I'm scared. They're just kind of fighting. Um, and he comes up. Ahsoka then says like the cryptic Grim Reaper riddle about um like how many coins am i sending back to you and then you know goto like prepares to you know to do all that to deflect all the coins um and <laughs> fucking this is actually kind of sick i'm not even gonna lie as much as i was sad because i like goto um 
while he's trying to deflect and his arms are open waiting for, you know, the coins to fly back at him, uh, Hisoka drops down like Spider-Man and slashes his neck with two cards. So Goto, assumably, dies um, that way. And it's kind of cool. It actually looks really dope, but like kind of sad. It was actually pretty dope. Yeah, it was actually kind of cool. And then like, and then the answer to the riddle, the answer to the riddle, however many it takes for you to die cold that's like those anti-jokes it it really felt like so this is a badass thing and also just an amazing scene but also very sad but the thing it kind of made me think was just him being like "Mm, you want to know how i got these scars (laughs) (laughs) why are you being serious for why so serious murder um You know, there's that. So that's kind of, I think. And guys, this isn't one of those he comes back to life things, right? Uh, maybe. Know. Do you remember the credit sequence of the show at the end? We'll no, talk more about it later. Okay, great. I can't remember. Anyway, um, in a couple weeks, guys, stay tuned. And maybe a couple months. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe you'll, we'll, maybe you'll record live here. Yeah, we'll record live. Well, this is live. Yo, we'll have Dream on. Dream! Okay, yeah, actually, that'd be kind of fun. When we hit, we'd be talking about having him on since like the first first season, like Yu Hakusho. Yeah, I don't think Jerome was can ever I, on. He he did make he never was, but he did make our first intro song yeah. all the way back then. No, I meant like we so, talked about having him on, but we never. Oh yeah, we did oh, talk yeah, yeah. about it forever ago. Jerome also was the uh, for everyone listening at home uh, was was my officiant for my wedding. Oh, uh, so, the one that dropped you know, the f bomb in front of everybody. It's fine. I also I think dropped the f bomb in front of my entire family during my vows. Apparently, oh, yeah. something. Not a I apparently it. cursed at some point. Someone had to tell me. I I didn't hear it. But you're just like fuck you, you Patrick. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I went in a lovely moment with me and my now husband. I like turn, see Patrick out of the corner of my eye, and go fuck you, and then <laughs> continue on. To be fair though, I started I started talking and during the, you guys were starting to walk down the mm-hmm. aisle, and Sarah had to be like, Patrick, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, back to you, you Hawk Show. Back to the yeah, back to you, you Hawk Show. Uh, so Grandma turns into a bike. There's not going to be any more context than that. She just literally turns into a it's just a bike, large bicycle. <laughs> Her face kind of. Like, scary. I'm a bike now. She's a motorcycle, <laughs> she's like, y'all. She's a motorcycle, not like a bicycle. Yeah, she's an engine. She has an engine. Um, so she turns into a motorcycle. They go into her um powers um a little bit more in depth but like i guess it's not really spoilers so i'm just gonna give that context here that like she turns into a bike but she has to have somebody ride her um in order for yeah. her powers to work that's like the contract or whatever that she made up um so f- fun i guess really gives a whole new meaning to riding grandma so um what the fuck does what's riding the grandma mean? Yeah, what's the original, yeah, what the original yeah, I've never context heard of riding grandma? <laughs> it, it's what you think it means. No, okay. no, Pat- Patrick, but like, there's no whole new context because this is the only context. No, like, there's a different, there's other stuff. Yeah, we got it, fucking grandma, but who's ever said this? <laughs> Who said this outside of a, a sexual context? I, I, I don't know. Oh, I guess that the original context sexual, and then now yeah, this is, that's, this that, is yeah, a, that's the new, okay. that's the new, right. the new, yeah. the new is. Got it. <laughs> I'll take this as I guess this is a double that, entendre, but like barely makes sense. Yeah, I, I I tried I tried to I tried to figure out something. Okay, <laughs> there was an yeah. attempt made. Yeah, you know, workshop it, workshop it. We'll, we'll we'll get back to it. Um, Canarian on 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 anonymous. 
Canarian Anamane. 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 Anamane Pia. Amane. Is it Amane or Aname? No, Amane. Amane. Makes sense. I think it's pronounced anime, Megan. Actually, it's not. <laughs> I found that out recently. <laughs> oh, that it's anime? Eh, it's anime. And that manga isn't manga, it's manga. Manga, yeah. Yeah. Mm, God, yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. say mangoes. 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 Fun story. Manga. Uh, manga is is mangoes in Tagalog. Spe- uh, like said the way I originally oh, said. It, not the oh no, mongo is mung bean. Yeah, I was gonna say that one's mung bean. Mung bean. Um. Anyway, mango mongos. Um. Canary and amane. Amane. That sounds much better. Amane catch up to Kilua only for amane to get so they're like get to the airport i guess and like they're like ah you caught us anyway did you send out decoys and she's like no she's like well go send out decoys uh and like then she goes arc and like goes off to the counter um just for kilua and well mostly kilua kilua to take a luka and steal an airship and canary canary has this cute moment or amane has like hey canary did you distract me this whole time by asking me a bunch of questions and she's like oh. <laughs> so canary like, now we have to go cool. through security all over again canary's ride or die um but they just send out you know eight planes to anywhere as a decoy um kiloa calls morel which for some reason the first time i watched this thought that was his dad and i don't know why i thought that it wasn't until like the second time i rewatched to take these notes that i was like oh he just called morel oh megan i know why you thought that oh why uh were you watching this while driving oh no not this time Okay, never mind. Theory retracted. I used to watch these while driving. I know, Megan. That's why I said it. <laughs> I'm ill-prepared. If, if you're like, if you're watching intently or watching while doing something else, I could see I get mixed up. They're both like big, burly eyes with silver yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly what it, I was thinking. I was like, but wait, that's not hmm, interesting. <laughs> Just like, I was like, oh, right. Um, so he's talking Morel and not his father. Um, which explains a lot more of why he's so chill with, like, I'm gonna kill Illumi. Um, but so Killua calls Morel and explains the situation. He pulls Hunter, the Hunter Commandments, number four. Also, have we ever talked about the Hunter bylaws, Hunter Commandments, ever? Like, has this I think there was a re- there's there was a discussion about it, like, earlier in the show, but... Okay. I remember okay. there was I something been, like that. I think that might have been Hunter exam rules, while this yeah. is, like, straight up bylaws okay. of being yeah. a hunter. And, like, I saw, it looked like... I didn't read it because I can't read Japanese, honestly, but it looked like it, it is it 10 rules? Is it like the 10 commandments of the hunter laws? I, I like, is that really what it is? Enough. Okay. I, I, I didn't look closely enough. That's fair. Well, hunter rule number four is um, no genocidal maniacs, essentially. Basically, like you can't attack anybody who's a hunter unless they're causing like major harm. But I'm like thinking like, when has that ever been a rule that anyone's ever enforced? I know. Like, is it just that the hunter associations themselves can't go after individual hunters once you have this license? Like, they, yeah, unless they're many, murdering people? Like, a lot of people, hunters though, not killed just other hunters. Because, like, there are people yeah. who have Nen powers who have killed hunters, but I, I don't yeah. know. Hisoka like, never got his hunter card, right? No, Hisoka's a, Hisoka's a hunter, but I think he just keeps it under wraps. But, like, someone like, uh, uh, who the fuck was the villain of Greed Island? Oh, uh, Genthru. Uh, Genthru, uh, I don't think, is a hunter. Uh, uh okay. And uh, Razor, I don't think, is a hunter. I thought you had to be a hunter to go into the game world. No, you just have to have Nen... Oh, you're right. You do Be- technically need a yeah. hunter ID. Yeah, yeah, Wait. yeah. You need, no, a, you- hunter, you need you- a hunter ID because that's what... Um, 
that guy said he wanted his no. requirement to be. Uh, no, he had so all you the can access, go. Right? You can go in without a hunter ID, but like going and Kula needed one because they were getting access from someone who required that. The oh. thing that you needed a hunter ID for that I was confusing it for was remember that fucking weird version of the internet they did like a couple episodes earlier. Oh yeah, that yeah, you yeah. needed a hunter ID. Oh, for. Okay, right. They needed they needed access code. Um. And you had cool. the password, the bomb. You had to find the bombers a notebook, and you had to go hunt down the. So I guess the codes. Have, no hunters killed another hunter. Well, no. I mean, Hisoka Illumi. has definitely. Oh no. Hisoka has definitely killed hunters, and so has Illumi. But before it wasn't so obvious. Like I think it's one of those oh, like, hey, it's not saying. a problem if you don't get away with it. Uh, if yeah. you get away with sure it, the, I'm pretty like, sure the also... gang killed the hunter too. Sorry. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that the gang killed the hunter too. The What's his name? Uh, Uvogene? He technically is a hunter, right? I don't think Uvogene's no. not a hunter. Really? I they, thought, I thought that was part of trip. having them pro. I thought it was part of having them powers. You had to be a hunter to be no, able to. No, you do he not just had a really a bad home life, and that's why he had men powers. Remember, Illumi oh, was. Dude, so I'm, I'm already in right for hunter powers. He joined Sweet. the hunter before he joined the hunter association. And then Kilo figured out his, I guess technically through Wing, who was a hunter guy, but like. It is kind of crazy that I don't know how, like, they didn't have any idea of what they were, like, with their brother, with Killa's brother or any of his family members. Okay. You'd think that maybe, like, Nan would be taught to them as an assassin? I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a rite of passage. He already had lightning powers, so it's fine. <laughs> he did? No, he didn't have lightning powers. He had, he had, like, that oh, weird no. thing where he could make his, like, skin hard and then, like, chop a dude's, like, neck. Oh, and then like right, remove right. a dude's heart. Like, yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. They had powers, right. but they weren't Nen powers. And they're like, I don't it. think they're ever going to explain what the f like. I think they've explained it by being like, oh, assassin techniques. And this is like, what well, could you oh, tell yeah, me more about that? No, no, no one can <laughs> know about these. Wow, they're secret, and that's dickheads. what makes them assassins. Um, okay, so cool. It's, it's, yeah, sorry. It's, it's like, oh, you're 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 right for the uh, for being the hair. Can you teach me more of those powers? No. Yeah. Basically, but Kilua uses his assassin techniques to over outthink his. Well, I guess not outthink, but like it's interesting because Kilua was like, "Let me use political, like the political atmosphere right now for my personal gain." Is essentially the vibe he tells Morel because he's like, "Look, commandment bylaws four, and the announcer has to like the uh, narrator has to tell us this, <laughs> but uh, commandment four says this," and he Kilua mentions that because. Illumi is going to he has no friends and he has to make his own friends so he's gonna murder Nerd. a bunch of people with those needles and make them little puppets um and then therefore the hunter association will is so totally okay with going after Illumi basically kill his plan is to blacklist his brother like he's not like let's kill him he's like let's blacklist no, he's, him from the he's getting his brother killed by the association and part of this is because the political climate there is like a significant faction the anti-netero faction who want to remove corruption mm -hmm. and yeah. part of that has to do with like the way that the hunter exam was done they're like no you should have to be a good person before being in the hunter exam because like look what happens here yeah exactly uh, i like how netero literally says like oh you need to have be a good of heart to be a hunter and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are not good of heart that are not well, true. It's true. It's true, though. Like, I was thinking, like, are they the bad guys? Because, like, realistically, they kind of have a point in this. Like, you're giving the, these people, like, do you, I guess, Netero didn't really care, right? Netero didn't really about... care. He did a very Genkai, like, hey, I don't care if, you know, my successor kind of sucks as long as, like, they get it through. Yeah. But that being said, this will be discussed more in the manga. Not explicitly, but, like, kind of the idea comes up because, like, mm -hmm. you kind of begin to wonder, like, why the Hunter Association exists. And, like, the manga's not said one way or the other why, but, like, I think this will be a discussion we'll have later. Okay. Very cool. 
Um, so yeah, Netero, the anti-Netero faction, they also eventually in this episode adopt an older title, which I don't know if it's like a thing that's going to come back from like the manga or whatever, but they're like, yeah, we're going to reinitiate the legendary pure paladin squad. Which just sounds insane, honestly. Like, it just <laughs> really? sounds like I was like, like someone... wait, why did we even go into this? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think this really comes back up later. So okay, great. <laughs> it's just like them being like, well, remember, Netero was also part of the Pure Paladin squad, so what if we went back to that shit? Y'all love Netero, really... right? Yeah, we're not anti-Netero. That's what you guys called us. We just didn't agree with anything he did. Because, um, <laughs> like, what they want is, like, it's kind of reasonable. They, like, want background checks and, like, a different way to test if you're good at hunt to be a hunter. <laughs> I also like how one of them, his power is that he's a headhunter, a.k.a. he's an HR specialist. And I was like, you're oh, really... That is what it is. That this is guy is really... Just that's what you're doing here. Uh, you have that the ultimate it. HR person as, like, one of the guys in the anti-Netero faction, huh? He's, like, the lead he, of it, he, he's, good, he's good at letting people go. He's truly... Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's crazy how bad of a situation things must be in if putting someone who's in HR into leadership is maybe a better alternative. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, at least. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, they're literally playing popularity contest for the election. Like they're none of them have a platform. None of them have a platform. They're running okay, on. The Anti-Netero just... squad legitimately have a platform. Oh, th that's the only person who has a platform. No one, none of the other candidates have platforms. Okay, Pearson <laughs> has one. It's just bullshit. Yeah. And I guess you will get into it for the next episode. But like, you know, I, what's his name? Leorio has one too, but it's 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 not like a strong platform when you think about it. <laughs> Oh, oh wait, yeah. Cheeto actually has one. If you scroll that back to, up to the image, like if you look at it, her platform basically, like in so many words, just basically says "fuck Pariston." Maybe just me, but I fucking hate all the Zoldic, the, the Zoldic, not Zoldics, the Zodiac. Sorry, I like the Zoldics. Really? They're Cheetle's, likable. Cheeto and Ms. Eistom are pretty cool. Yeah. No, they, I don't know. Cheetos, like I like Cheeto at first, but kind she kind of comes like a oh f Pariston. This whole like uh, I mean, that's I don't fair. Know, kind of, I mean, Pariston's kind of a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of crazy. They're like dressed up as Zodiac dudes. Well, no, mm -hmm. I, I think I think Cheadle is just small minded. Um, I yeah. think Ms. Eistom is like actually like has like a good head on his shoulders, but I don't think he has like serious intent of becoming a leader. And you'll find out more about Ms. Eistom later anyways. I know they quote know. at one point like you don't want the leadership and that's what makes you good for. It. Yeah, may oh maybe God. just my, my bias for those like the elite. The elite characters yeah. in anime, like I, oh, yeah. like I hate the Hashira and like Demon Hunt, Demon Slayer. Why? Absolutely hate every one of them, especially the Flame Dude. That really? got wow. You're really just, you're really just, uh, you know, iconoclastic uh, here, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've never, I've never loves. vibed fuck with you. them. I've never vibed with them. They're just always elitists and not, not fun. I don't know. Maybe, Damn, maybe I'm just, maybe I just had a bad time in high school and the elites. Just make but, me feel bad. Also, the you fact know, that you use the word elites to describe random people in your high school is wild. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like the elites don't want you to know this, but you can just take the <laughs> you can just take the pigeons home. I think you mentioned something oh, kind of really interesting, Patrick. Kind of when I think about, I guess, different types of like fictional media. And then how, I guess, people react depending on, like, how you grew up or what your experiences are. I think also cultural, too. Because I have noticed kind of, like, maybe a fandom thing where I think very popular characters in American fandoms tend to be more like the individual protagonists. 
and people that don't what american fandoms don't like tend to be like figures of authority versus i think in japan i feel like it's more like even if they're not like the top favored ones it's they're looked on look looked on more positively so i think that's a interesting thing that i thought about because i'm sure like a lot of people like the zodiacs because when they're kind of like mascotty in a way that the way that their character designs are but also the fact that they do kind of play like a interesting authority role in this series um i don't know know exactly where i'm going to towards this but that is something i kind of randomly thought recently it's kind of like with other stuff like my hero academia and also with um like Jujutsu Kaisen, like how do people react to like the more authoritative figures versus the more like younger individualized characters? Oh no, I see what you're going for. Like, like you you relate more with oh, I like the underdog characters, like the you know the side people than the oh, hey, here's the ultra elite dudes that are like uh, they're like in high school. I'm just joking. The uh, ultra elite dudes like like the Hashira or something like that are like. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think from my hero specifically, like that elite. I don't know. Like maybe because I pref- I prefer mm-hmm. like the the League of Villains versus like the like One for All and all the other dudes like that and the stuff of that people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just like the underdogs. Maybe that's the the point I was making here. I guess and where I feel you're going with. I think right. Yeah. So, like, people, yeah, and I think. Yeah. Because I also feel similarly in that, but I also, like, reflect on it sometimes, like, is this an American, like, mindset? Like, when it comes to, like, I feel like all media, no matter where you are, really does love an underdog story. But I think the way that Western media versus, like, classic, like, Eastern Asian media, how it, the approach towards it, I feel like, is very different. Um... I don't know if anyone else has any other thoughts on it, but no, I, I, I hear you. Um, I think shonen anime specifically has this like trope where basically a villain shows up, points out a major flaw in society, and then like the hero is tasked with like agreeing with the villain, but being like, "But we gotta do it through the proper channels, including using the, including being like in line with elites." And like you know, this is obviously not adhered to strictly by all anime but Mm -hmm. it is a very common trope and so because of that the way that that is reacted to in japan versus in america does differ because like there's some people who are like why would you still like ally with these people who like you clearly disagree with because of this like idea of like process and like society being important as opposed to like your individual actions and so i I definitely think there's something to what you're saying and i i can see that Uh, i could definitely see that in something like um you know, Demon Slayer. Uh, and like in, in this case, I think Togashi's actually kind of on a more, I won't say individualist angle, but I will say that he's mm-hmm. seated a bunch of people in the Zodiacs that he thinks are fucking idiots. Um, yeah. So not all of them are to be seen as good people. Like, so right. Togashi's kind of a mixed bag on this where he does believe in the Hunter Association as something that maybe is worth looking at, but like he might have more mixed views about it and authority generally and like this might be a little bit of a critique about his you know feelings on politics more broadly yeah no it, it, it's definitely interesting it's like a i just noticed that recently like thinking about the like the like like the the zodiacs like i don't really like any of them really 
don't know. Maybe, maybe the show is working. Like, maybe you're not supposed to like, you know, the the elite dudes. I, I don't know. It's just, I guess, my thing. But maybe I'm just falling into the... Uh, it's like the trope is working. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to like the Zodiac people just or whatever. wait till you get to the manga, because... Yeah. I think we just don't spend a lot of time with them. <laughs> Again, wait yeah, till you get to the manga. It. Yeah, I, I think, at least right I think now. Chido and Mazai Stom are, like, solid people, whether or not I would agree with them for, like, ruling the, like, association. Yeah, because I... The way that, especially with, like, shonen stories, I feel like there's always going to be, like, the status quo will be, like Joe mentioned, is going to be questioned in some sort of way. If not directly by the main characters, but by, like, the narrative itself, showing, like, it's actually quite flawed, but how do we fix it? But first, you gotta show how it's flawed in the first place. So, yeah, I think the... Zodiacs are intentionally not supposed to be people that you automatically really like um, because it does, mm. they do come off as like either out of touch um, or very like they have their hidden agendas while being somewhat like a, a sanctimonious about it too. So it just rubs all the wrong, it rubs all the wrong way. Um, and I think. I guess uh, I think how it's like very interesting how these two storylines between like the Zoldic family and the election are put together because they do mirror each other mm-hmm. in the sense that there's a lot of individual players who are trying to hide behind like this. Um, we got to act as like a group as a collective while having their own agendas going on. Oh, that's that's a good call out. And I think something that's interesting there is that it contrasts the structures as well because like mm-hmm. in many ways family is the oldest like form of institution societal institution obviously it's changed over time like a nuclear family of the well this is an inter- intergenerational family to some degree which you know is therefore more common across human history than the nuclear family that's so popular in the west but um you know this idea of the politics of a family are opaque uh, because, you know, there's mm-hmm. not, like, explicit voting. Like, you know, there's this idea of currying favor. There's, like, hey, taking action with your own power. There's uh, how, how do you play into the rules agreed upon by the family when you disagree with them, like, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, like, in the democratic process that they're showing, they're showing this idea of, like, hey, there are explicit rules and, like, bylaws and uh, procedures but clearly this is all still a front for a power game that's occurring in the background and that like, hey, maybe this quote-unquote highly modern, highly empirical form of rule is not actually that different from the oldest form of like, you know, societal organization and that really we're just kind of placing new constraints on a game that's been played since the beginning of time. No, and, and I now I'm thinking about that's That's actually a call out uh, that both of you make me think about now where it's like, oh yeah, there's like that, there's like that... Uh... I never thought about that dynamic of, oh, it's two different political structures, and it's, like, telling a similar story between each other, and it's, like, complementing each other. And I don't know why I didn't think about it until now that it's doing that. I guess uh, I guess it takes me three <laughs> three watches to, to pick that up, but I do, fi- I do think that's super interesting. Like, I had the thought, but honestly, it took Sarah bringing it up and really putting it into the forefront of my mind for me to, like, really think about it. Yeah, I think it's, like, yeah, massive props. I guess that's the actually, way yeah. I approach watching different like stories like there's always a setup in different stories in a lot of a very popular tool that authors like to use is juxtaposition 
of different character types, of different storylines. I was thinking like, okay, why is this a family drama and a political drama happening at the same time? And what just says, like, family drama is political drama. They're two very similar, um, they're so similar entwined. Like, uh, the Zodiacs and the Hunter Associations is basically one big messy family, as the Zoltics are. <laughs> yeah. No, so good call. Uh, Patrick, you have a couple more images if you want to go through those real quick. Oh, we're, we're still in the mountain. We went to the mountain house? Oh, dang. I don't think... Did we get to the manga notes? Oh, yeah. I guess we did because we were just talking about the anti-Netero faction and, and shit. I don't think we finished. We're like, we're still like... No, that, uh, that, was, that was... Oh, was well, there another thing? I it's probably... Hisoka sorting out the fakes. Okay, there oh, we go. Oh, right. Yeah. that That's what his task was, is just sorting out the fake. Um, And it was so long ago, the fake uh, zip, Zippo, 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 Zippo planes. Zeppelins. Zeppelins, thank you. <laughs> Airships. Or maybe he's sorting out something else that's fake. Fake friends. Like friends. <laughs> all right. Um... All right, but uh, all right. Um, so I guess moving to the manga notes. Um, there's this really cool picture. It's really this weird stylist picture of a uh, of Kill using God God. Uh, was it Godspeed to run with Aluka? Which I think is I don't know. It's really cool, coolly stylized. Maybe it's just me that I think it's kind of neat. It's interesting seeing the blur that's at the center of the focus lines because that is Subone. Oh, yeah, oh, I see a little really? thing like that in the back. Yeah, it didn't oh. occur to me until I was looking at it. I'm like, why is there that thing? And then I'm like, oh, the focus lines are all not just centered oh. on where Kilo is coming from, but also, like, that blur. And I'm like, oh, my God, that blur is Subone. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Grandma bike, Good grandma eye. bike. Yeah, that's a great framing. I love Togashi as, like, a mangaka. He's really good when he's not doodling them in for release for Shonen Jump, but... Yeah, he, he he's he's he like has high highs and low lows. It's kind of, but mm. I, I guess that's we have to appreciate him for that. But anyways, uh, the, there wasn't a lot of changes. The only other one I really found is that uh, when they're uh, when they're planning to take down the needle puppets, it was done verbally and then just talking to each other. While in the manga, Netero has this whole ass map and he's like mapping out the city with the. With the, I guess somebody, I don't know whose hand that is, if there's other people there. It looks like it's just, I thought it was just Netero, uh, Netero on the scene, but me, or Morel. You mean Morel? So Morel, Morel, sorry, I meant Morel putting this out, putting out this map, but I don't know who else is in there with him, though. I think it's just him. It could just be both of Morel's hands, because that's a left and a right hand. Okay, yeah. Uh, I guess this is going to be a weird angle, is like doing like this, like a, a giant, like L shape. I think it's only thing. a weird angle if you imagine that there's a physical camera when there isn't. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's just like a yeah. I I'm just think I'm just thinking thinking 2D and that be yeah, I, th I think it's just a cool little little thing in the manga. But besides that it's pretty much one it pretty much was like almost the same. I didn't really see massive changes that really like the last chef, like the last episode had a lot of changes in it, which I was surprised. But this one mm. kinda stayed it it it'd be like that sometimes though. I do like how they're showing the construction of the new wing of the hospital in both versions. Oh yeah, because yeah, well, that's kind of cool. Like the, the the prepared center. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh, rate those deaths. I guess we had a couple needlemen, maybe, or was that last episode? Well, we had a big one. Oh yeah, that was this episode. Holy crap. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about Goto's death? 
I thought I thought like I said I was with Megan. I thought it was awesome that the way that he died, and just that the I just really wish there was a bit. A, I wouldn't say I wish it was a longer fight, but I wish it was more of a build up to the fight. But his death was pretty epic. I, definitely a nine out of ten for me. Really. All right. Yeah. I was actually kind of I I remember watching this and being like, nah, no fucking way, no fucking way. Um, but I guess it makes sense. If you're gonna kill anyone from this arc, it it might be Goto, right? Like Canary would hit too hard, right? Yeah. And then and Amane not would to just say not that hit. Amon, it's yeah. Like we don't know this girl. Yeah, and Subane probably would be a little bit more. I think it was really between like Goto and Subane that would kind of die from. If anyone's gonna die from this arc, it'd be one of those two, right? It's like I don't know, I'm thinking of this like in like a in like a corporate sense like what would have the most impact without overdoing it for the audience right i think goto had the had the death flags on him because Mm -hmm. he was like like based off his character design he was an adult male character with not a quite outstanding character design but not enough to be like a background character kind of in that perfect middle he was somewhat of like a authority figure plus confidant for Kilua, but not close enough to be like like a friend uh, not like yeah not like a friend but like kind of an ally so it kind of would hit a little bit emotionally but not too much where i feel like it would devastate Kilua. um Yeah, so, and I, yeah, and he also wasn't, like, adversary enough to, like, really give Kila, like, the chase, like, Suwane, and then, um, I think that, what was the other girl's name? Amane. Where, Amane. Yeah, Amane, where he could keep up that conflict for Kila. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, he, he was the one to go. He was, really was. But the actual death itself, I'm gonna reiterate, dope. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. I forgot how cool it, it was. was. I was like, like oh, God, cool. <laughs> Yeah, you think he would go out like he would just I because when I was watching the fight, I thought he would go out by with the coins. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't expecting the cards at all. Yeah. He still goes ahead of us too. No, that's like a eight hundred IQ play right there. No. <laughs> What's IQ out of? Uh IQ is not out of anything, it's just normalized oh. to a hundred. Oh. I, I guess there's technically a maximum that might exist for most tests, but I think that the scale fundamentally doesn't have a maximum. It's just the tests only go to a certain point. Do you guys genuinely know your IQ? Because I know no. we say this as like Intel IQ is equal to intelligence, <laughs> but it's not. It's like a weird testing metric, right? You ever see the episode of Saddle where he was trying to, where the, he had to do this IQ test, but he didn't want to do it? Wait, episode of what? Seinfeld. I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld in my okay. damn life. Well, I, I, I kind of feel... Well, basically, the thing is that he was escaping because he was worried that he'd do the IQ test and he would be, like, stupid. Like, his oh. IQ would be super low. So I'm kind of the same way where it's like, I don't want to take one because I'm afraid it's going to be, like, like something, like, low, like, 80 or something. So I'm not... Oh. So, like... I, I, that sounds kind of high. I mean, if it's out of 100, 80 is not, 80 is not high. Again, oh. it's normalized. 100 is average. Oh. Okay. Well... Yeah. So I, I'm not risking that. I mean, I guess if that if you put your I guess if you put your self worth in in measuring the measure the metric of intelligence and like or just you know you'd be self conscious of it I'd see why you wouldn't try because I never tried either but I think just more just, of like I don't want to pay to do it because I <laughs> I think you have to pay you money. can probably find a a free a one free online one. and okay. it might be like somewhat accurate but I, I was gonna say like it's kind of like intelligent like IQ as a 
like way to like make a one-dimensional metric of intelligence is pretty outdated just because like yeah. hey that was based on like an understanding of the brain from like a long time ago and frankly like hey if you really wanted to understand someone's intelligence it would be more like looking at their quote-unquote intelligences because there's so many different yeah. uh aspects of intelligence that like trying to make a one-dimensional scale is i won't say pointless but i will say of limited applicability and like even things like the fucking SAT, which are supposed to be about aptitude, tend to just be about training. And like you can In do class. similar things. Yeah, no, exactly. You can do similar things with with IQ as well. And has much less to do with like, hey, what are your aptitudes and much more to do with like, hey, what were you trained to do? And a lot of that comes down to like, hey, what did your family have money for? What did you like? Hmm. What were your experiences growing up? And I'm not therefore saying that all measurements are worthless, but more just like, hey, you have to remember the limitations of these measurements. And it's just not super valuable yeah and and like i said there's like just said there's just a lot of different intelligence like you could be intelligent in one aspect but not in the other where it's like oh hey you're super good with computers but you're not good with engineering or like doing like construction work or like the idea of like i have an aptitude for stuff like that or like construction or engineering to that aspect there's different levels of that so that yeah and like i said i think it's a I think, and a lot of people that talk about their IQ or bring it up are the same people that talk about how Steve Jobs inspired them. And that's like a red flag to me, so. To be fair, I've never met a single person who actually brought up their IQ in a real way or like other people's IQ other than in like anime. Yeah, yeah it's I a think, very like, anime you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I've never actually met anybody IRL that did that. Uh, it's always like some. actually taken a Mensa type test, like. Yeah, like I, I don't know, maybe maybe I just got lucky, but I've I've only seen people like on Reddit and and Twitter that do that. So there's also just like diminishing returns to higher intelligence. Like after a certain point, it's not super helpful for either your happiness or uh, like your job, like uh, like how much it helps you professionally. Like it eventually just kind of like gets to a point where like each additional point isn't helping you that much. Uh, and your higher wisdom rolls <laughs> or charisma. Yeah. So, I, I think if we're going with D and D, like yeah, it's IQ would stat. be int rather yeah. than rather than wisdom. Yeah, for sure. You know what someone yeah. told me at work the other day is like you have a your natural habit of like charismaing your way out of situations. I'm like, so I'm a personality higher. <laughs> Damn, I loved it. You know, we should with IQ. You can always just lie too. What are they going to do, sit you down and make you take a test? I mean, they might just yeah. observe your behavior and be like, no, 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 like, you're a fucking idiot. Dumb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, though, you can always lie in your numbers as long as you, you can sell it and Yeah, remember, kids, you can, no one cares about your GPA after college unless you yeah. went to medical school med school or something like that you went to like, middle, school. middle school yeah, put all your points in riz and you can really get yeah. far in life really uh you have to start over though and like be born rich so have connections when you're born and then have a little bit of charisma it'll yeah stop being born poor I mean, I don't know. That, the guy born from Saltburn was able to oh yeah that guy was a, a maniac way into it's better on the dance floor Anyways, um, my rating for the death, uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, so I thought it was, like, really cool. I just don't think it has that much story heft. That's, that's fair. I feel like that's what I would put it at, too. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, same. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting more too much weight on like the death itself was really cool. Like it, it, it hyped is me up a sick bit. as hell. Yeah, I, like I, I'm gonna be honest. Like I just got hyped up on the death. So it's a subjective rating. So it, it's uh, if you feel like your nine out of ten is right, then that's there's nothing wrong. There's no right or wrong rating. For sure, but I think it's I think it's correlated with your ability to rotate a cube in your mind. And uh, really, in this case, I think it's more like, can you rotate a butler in your mind before Hisoko comes down from the ceiling and fucking slashes his throat? Can you rotate a cube in your mind? I mean, okay. So, sorry, I thought this was a more known meme. But this is like, so the ability to rotate objects in your mind is something that is tested in some standardized tests and also like to some degree correlated with abstract thinking. And so there was this thing, there was this thing that like was basically examining sort of like, hey, this uh, ability exists more commonly in men than in women. And then there was a TikTok trend where a bunch of girls were like, just like, wait, you can rotate a cube in your mind? And like, and I'm not saying that like women, in no way am I saying anything weird about women. I'm saying more like, hey, there's a very weird fucked up history to IQ testing that y'all should look into and how it relates to eugenics. And uh, this is like one of the legacies of that. So, so yeah, uh, I'm definitely guessing that if I took one, my IQ to be like 80, I can't rotate anything in my mind. There's no way that is true, Patrick. Yeah. Also, it doesn't matter. Regardless of your IQ is 300 or 80, you're, you're, you're Patrick to us. Aww. Aww. I bet you can rotate a cube in your mind. I think I can. I also did that thing where people are like, oh, some people can't picture images. And the harder I try to picture an image, the more I'm like, I can't do it. But at the same time... I hallucinate. So, like, realistically, I know I can produce images. Uh, okay, so there are definitely these things where I read about, like, oh, yeah, some people don't have an inner monologue, and I'm just like, what the fuck? How are yeah. we all, like, interacting and having normal conversations when, like, your method of cognition is entirely different than mine? Yeah. Wait, people don't happen? do that? You just yeah, breathe? No, there's a fairly... Con- like, I think there's a fairly high rate of people who don't have any inner monologue. Yeah. I huh. wish that were me. Like I, they just I, think they think in like either images or like other things, but not like words. And there's like some people who uh, like only think in words and like it's just like, but we're all just like having like a time hanging out together. It's crazy. We're just having a vibe until we die. It's great. Having a vibe till we die. That's the that's the new motto of the show. Having Have a vibe till we, we die. die. It's murder on the dance floor. Anyways, uh, speak, speaking of having a vibe. Transition um, sound. Sarah, we we have a we have a vibe going on where we just yeah. want to talk about the vibe of Hunter Hunter and how it's affected you know various characters and uh, you know authors uh, it, through anime and the like. Uh, go ahead, tell us all about yeah. that vibe. So I feel like I probably won't go into all the details that I wrote, but basically, Hunter Hunter is very influential. So if you like shown in anime at all you've probably read a story inspired by it we're gonna start things off with naruto so it is created by masashi kishimoto and okay just as a disclaimer um when i was researching all this i did a google search and google search took me to a bunch of random articles um so this one is from arama they didn't livejournal.com i know throwback People use LiveJournal back in the day. And Kishimoto is actually the only person that I've read that openly admitted that he was directly influenced by Hunter Hunter when he was creating Naruto. So we can see a lot of similarities in terms of the characters, 
um, in the story beats. So, like, a 12-year-old boy is the main character. He has a famous, legendary father who was a leader of some sort, and they've never met before for various reasons. Um, the hero is odd, but pure of heart and honest and kind and loves his friends. Um, he wants to be the greatest ninja or hunter and after gaining friends along the way um he has to basically pass a huge exam to be recognized and these exams are very difficult they have different phases um there's death there's forests there's creepy villains around um and outside of even the main characters they have their supporting characters um, including a character who is obsessed with revenge and getting um, justice for his fallen clan. Both happen to have red eyes. And if you can't guess, that's Karapika and Sasuke. Um, and I think also, like, other characters, too, fall into those, like, similar archetypes. But, yeah, Naruto is definitely one of the, I think, the most clear series that the author has uh, admitted and does claim that he, yeah, he's influenced by Hunter Hunter directly. Um, another one, I don't know if Wait, there's... Real, real quick, like... uh, Kishimoto mm -hmm. has also talked about being influenced by Yu Hakusho specifically. Oh, really? Yeah, like Kurama being the name of like the Demon Fox, uh, like oh. Sasuke's entire power set being Hiei. <laughs> Just the whole and I guess character design too, similar. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I wonder. Okay, so they have like the. It, hmm. I'm trying to think who would be like the kind of Karapika archetype and Akua archetype. Then I guess like who would be like the Liario archetype of Naruto. I don't well, think there's a Rockley in Naruto. Rockley. Definitely no, I don't think there's a Leorio character. There's no one who's like the heart of the village besides like there's no one who's like mm -hmm. the heart of the crew besides Naruto. Also, right. another thing, this is less an influence, but more just a coincidence. We've talked about this before, but the 1999 voice actor for Gon went on to be Naruto's voice actor. That's kind of cool, Whoa. actually. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that yeah. Oh, and yes, so mm -hmm. she was also in the live action play. So the live action oh. play version of Gon went on to voice act Naruto. Wow, that's really cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely for, for a circle moment right there. All right. Um, the second series I found, um, so this was like pointed out by honeysanime.com. The article is about five ways that Jujutsu Kaisen is influenced by Hunter Hunter. Um, so they got similar vibe shifts where it goes from zero to a hundred, where the story kind of starts off as a more a fun, exciting adventure that gradually gets darker and darker and more tragic as the story goes on. Um, both feature really brutal fight scenes with life or death consequences, including the permadeaths of popular characters. Um, there's similar character types, like the main character gone in. Um, Yuji, where they're easygoing and cheerful, act first, think later types, um, with a firm sense of justice that they're quite stubborn on, um, but also can be blinded by a rage where they don't care what happens to them as long as they can defeat their enemies. So think like Gon versus Pito and Itadori versus Mahito. And they also have similar 
special attacks so that involve punching stuff um and then you also have the Kilua and Megumi also mirroring each other a lot too they're aloof and smart and are the contrast to the main character where their skills come from um and being naturally talented and I also think like a similar with like family influence as well um where they're both from influential and highly violent families dads are both legendary assassins and they both have similar character developments where they start hating everything and gradually they become more caring um, as they find people that they can trust and are willing to sacrifice themselves for those people uh, the next obvious thing is the power system. So with Hunter Hunter, it's Nen. With JJK, it's Curse Energies. Um, every person has them supposedly, but only few can actually harness it to the actual potential uh, powers. There's basic techniques that can be learned and mastered by any practitioner, but to go beyond that level requires a personalized technique that relies on the individual ability, personality, and imagination. So it allows basically a huge, vast array of abilities that call for really fun, creative bites. Um, and then, honestly, Yu Hakusho, um, what would be like Yu Hakusho influence? Hunter? Uh, well, I think these are more direct. So, like, there's direct references to Yu Hakusho in uh, JJK. Like, they mentioned oh, the ray gun, and they, like, name-drop Kuroko Sonata, where when I first saw that, I was like, no one watching this is gonna know who the fuck you're talking about. That's a deep-cut Yu Hakusho reference. That's yeah, true. and I think the, I think one of the other ones that I don't think it's on the list of the Yu Hakusho is the, uh, is uh, uh who's the who's the main dude the main dude with the white hair and the blindfold? What's his name? And Jujutsu Kaisen Goto, yeah, Gojo. Yeah, so the uh, Gojo is really a kind of like a Genkai character in in that show. He's more like mm -hmm. a Kakashi character, honestly. So he's that's like a Naruto type thing. Uh yeah, no, no, that's at least that's five. At least from the. From what happened in the, la the latest season, I don't want to spoil anything though. Oh, you mean in terms of like his past? Yeah. Well, just the, the idea of like this hero comes in, trains this person, and and then something happens, and the person has to move on without them. I guess. Okay, that I can see. There's also a At rise in style resurrection pretty early in the series. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, it's, it's kind of hard to describe without spoiling it because it's a pretty new show and a new season, so I don't really want to give stuff away because i know yeah. people haven't finished it up yet there's a human who fights for demons or at least he wears a very human um yeah i guess it's like itadori he's like a a demon inside a human but not as i guess latent as like use case or i guess it'd be more similar to karama's situation huh in a way depending uh, yeah, on how you view like... karama's yeah, I only thought Yusuke uh, simply because he has the Ryzen style resurrection. Right. And the tattoos. Oh, yeah, the fucking Mazoku tattoos are, like, exactly right. <laughs> um, I think... All right. And then another series that has a lot of similarities 
I don't think it could say it's inspired because JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, I'm sure our listeners have heard about this series before, um, was created before Hunter x Hunter, but there's the similarities lie in the fact that there's the power system, so the especially with the stands and how a lot of this power system is very individualized to the user themselves. Um, and I guess story beat wise too, um, there's always like a, un- it's kind of a unique genre in a sense that we've been noticing in Hunter x Hunter. So it's like the first season was basically a revenge story. And then the second season was like a big sprawling mystery. And then another season was about like a hometown mystery, murder mystery. And one was about a prison break, stuff like that. So, Well, prison break and a gay priest that really liked, uh, really liked the person in the first part. Yes. So I think, and also I feel like a lot of flashy, fun character designs to accompany all the fun, flashy powers. Yeah. Yeah. Also the mechanics of just like, oh, what if I had like an ultra specific power that like we had to dive into the exact mechanics of in order to resolve this fight? Like, I think that starts in JoJo, Mm -hmm. is played around with in Yu Hakusho season three becomes the main thing in Hunter and then is reflected deeply in Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of lot of things like, especially in Hunter Hunter with the Morel fight and the tiger surfboard dude. I forgot mm-hmm. what his name oh, was. Oh yeah, that's a JoJo-ass fight, dude. Yeah, like, like I said, there's a lot of fights like that where it's like, oh, I locked you in this specific area that only benefits my ability. Let me let me <laughs> fight you in this area now. And it's like, I there's a lot of stuff. I have the in the world. Fuck you. <laughs> Ex- exactly, exactly. And it's like, there's a lot of that stuff where it's like, oh, I put in this oddly specific, and there, there's a, and like like Joe said, there's a lot of that in New Hawk Show as well, where it's like, oh, hey, there's this uh small town mystery sort of vibe to it, or like this uh specific fight thing that only is valid because we're in this climate and condition, and then if we go anywhere else now, I'm your friend, I'm fucking useless. Basically, <laughs> if you like people Wikipedia binging and then like talking about fight tactics in like way too much detail. And you like that about Hunter, you owe it to yourself to watch Jojo. Watch Jojo. It's so much fun. And yeah. Um... Especially if you like posing. Yeah. All right. And then the last series, um, this is also a series that I'm not sure is directly inspired, but there's a lot of similarities um, and also Easter eggs too. So it's One Punch Man. The creator is One, uh, a webcomic artist, and who eventually got his stuff finally published to the manga and the anime that we all know and love. And there's very similar character types, like badass grandpas. So Bang from um, One Punch Man has a lot of similarities to Zeno Zoldic from Hunter x Hunter. Um, in the One Punch Man opening, we can actually see Saitama using uh, Gon's uh, Jaja Ken move. And also there's similar villain types. So One Punch Man has Boros. He's a big bad alien with three generals who wants to take over the world. And he has an existential crisis compared to that to Marum from Hunter x Hunter, who's also a big bad insect alien type thing with three royal guards. He wants to take over the land and is also facing an existential crisis. 
Um, and then like an Easter egg is that I'm not sure which volume this is, but basically uh, there's like a picture where Saitama is reading Hunter Hunter and he thinks it's super interesting. And it shows um, in one of the covers, there's like the Transform Gone versus Pito fight. Oh, yeah, I saw that's pretty fun. That's actually pretty funny. I see it. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, about it. I'm sure there's probably tons of more series that are either directly inspired or they take a lot of like uh, influence or they have some sort of Hunter Hunter related influence, like Easter eggs. So if um, anyone else has something that they found, like please let us know and share it with us. We would love to see it. I honestly wonder how much Hunter Hunter DNA is going to be in like the next generation of anime and manga, but less because of Hunter Hunter and more because of JJK. Yeah, I can see I can see a lot of people getting inspired by JJK a ton. Mm-hmm. I still feel like Hunter Hunter is very popular though amongst like the younger generation of like manga and creators. Sure, I just wonder. Because, like, JJK is just so fucking popular, I just wonder how much it will, like, kind of bring that out from just the works of Takashi. Is there a new one that's really hot right now? I can't remember the name of it. There's, like, a... There's a new one that's apparently... I'll have to look it up. Like, a new shonen like, battle series? Or something generally? I'll have to look it up. I think it's a new shonen series that's out. Let me... I'll have to... have to look it up. There's this one that's, like... Maybe it's not that. I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, you guys can carry on. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, but I, I think that's pretty much it, right? Cool, cool. Yeah, no, that, that was good. Uh, thanks much for doing that. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and join our public Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, UU, and much more. Speaking of the Discord, if you want to support us another way, you can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Each review gets a surface to tens or hundreds more people. Finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by... I don't think this is correct. Uh, I need to change this, but I'm pretty sure it was made by Studio Mega Ane and someone else. Uh, Also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy, or someone else. Thanks to him, the rest... Sorry? Tommy. No, I, I I know. I know no, it's Tommy. Tommy. Hi. No, Tommy. Hey, hey what's Tommy. up, man? Shouts out. <laughs> You're on the show, bro. I will be the editor. Woo. Anyway, thank you again for all your hard work. Oh no, we no, really appreciate you, it. You got no reason to say sorry. It's always it's always a pleasure having him on. And by that, I mean when he just like randomly shows up. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like fill in random things, like and now or or whatever. No, I've definitely appreciated times where it's just like, well, here's something extra. Or like the time we put in the fucking uh, Franklin theme, I was like, yes, I needed this. I just like doing that. Or like, like telling him to do that. Hopefully he doesn't mind. No, I was so glad that... Tommy, I'm so glad you took that one seriously. <laughs> I mean, I like doing it. I could do it again, too, by the way. Um, okay, you're gonna have so, fun editing this one. So put Sailor Moon's intro and overlay that with all right, um, America's best dance crew, Kid Mad City, and oh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> also, also found what that anime was just delicious in dungeons. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, actually, we like it. Show, that is so. very that is very popular. I don't think it's sort it's of not the, shonen. Yeah, but well, it it I guess is it shonen? Is I haven't watched it, it but I I just meant more like it's not um it's not like a battle show, is it? Sometimes, uh, not really. 
I still well, like not hot. in like the it's like really not hot in the right way now. like Hunter and no. you are where it's yeah. like this is a show for battle yeah, no. maniacs. It's you know? more like it's honestly more like a D and D campaign. Yo, you have piqued my interest now that yeah, I've gotten yeah. to Baldur's Gate. I've yeah. Oh, okay, great, good. Anyway, you want to wrap it up, Joe, really quick before? You yeah. Move thanks ahead. to him, the rest of the crew can. Oh, you got no reason to to apologize, man. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gashi. See y'all on the other side. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.